welcome to the podcast of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. We are training coaches and coaching leaders because we know that only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Because we care and we want you to reach your full potential, we coach you to choose life-giving reactions to the warning lights that show up on the dashboard of your life. Welcome, everyone, to Season 3 of our podcast. Formerly the Spiritual Coaching Podcast, we are now the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. When we first launched this project, it was primarily to train spiritual coaches at our growing multi-site church here in upstate New York. We never expected that six months later, we would have been listened to in over 50 different cities across the U.S. and over 20 different countries around the world. Whether you're listening from within the U.S. or Canada or from somewhere else around the globe, please know that Nancy and I are honored to have you aboard. All this interest caused us to realize that we needed to get ourselves more organized and focused if we wanted to help even more church leaders and spiritual coaches. You can expect the same quality content, but with a different look and stronger clarity of purpose. Speaking of clarified purpose, we coach church leaders and spiritual coaches who have untapped potential, by showing them how God will move them from the wounding of the past into the wellness of a future where they are free to be entirely available to Him and to others. We do it by offering three progressively deeper levels of help, from practical content to peer conversation to personal coaching. We do it so that you can gain confidence, find your place, and step fully and freely into the life and significance that God has for you. We chose the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard because, just like the dashboard in your car, there are warning lights in our lives that indicate to us that we need to do some heart work with God in order to step into our full potential. But we cannot do it all for ourselves. Some repairs are too complicated for us to take care of ourselves. We, we have you know wounds and blind spots and deception working against us. So we also need someone a little more qualified and experienced to do some spiritual wrenching on our souls for us in order to improve our performance. Our dream and prayer for you is that you'd have a heart healthy enough to know God deeply and follow Him fully. Let me set the stage for today's episode. In Season 1, we considered the philosophy behind spiritual coaching, and in Season 2, we addressed subjects relevant to the spiritual coaches themselves. And now in Season 3, we will finally begin to describe how to do spiritual coaching itself. Be sure to go back and listen to the foundational content in those two opening seasons, because what I am going to say is based on what has already been said. Now, without further delay, here is today's content. can both serve as a summary of previous material as well as a transition into this next season and this specific episode. So when I coach, my primary goal is not to help people figure out how to use Christianity or God to make their life better, smoother, happier, or generally more blessed. Above everything else, I'm directing people away from me, away from trying to figure things out for themselves or figure themselves out, away from the discovery of helpful life hacks and, and, and even away from sin management. I'm pointing them to God in a life-giving relationship with Him through His love, forgiveness, deliverance, healing, and Lordship. Then that will directly add all the other things they seek, as God sees fit, that they need in order to experience real life. We're going to define what the biblical measuring stick is for quantifying spiritual growth the metric for determining if we're advancing in a relationship with God or not. 
Let's jump right in. In the second season of this podcast, I made a case for leaders going first. I I did more than suggest that spiritual coaches need to be living the life they're coaching others into. Of course, it lacks integrity to tell others about our need or, or for their need for a significant and substantive relationship with God in their lives and yet be without one, not pursuing one, in our own lives. We, we can't direct others to God if we haven't gone ahead and familiarized ourselves with a pathway beforehand. We, we can't introduce them to someone we don't know personally and intimately ourselves. And in fact, spiritual coaches need to have the experience of, of struggling and you know making mistakes and getting sidetracked so we know how we ended up there, how to wake up to it, how to get back on the right track. Bluntly, who are we to challenge another to grow closer to God if we're spiritually shriveled up inside ourselves? Now, uh, the question that comes to mind is, how can we measure spiritual advancement? There are a couple, there are some resistance to that, I know. Uh, um, How can we know if we're still moving forward or are stagnant or even contracting spiritually? In many religious traditions, the idea of trying to measure such a nebulous thing as spiritual development has been more than just taboo. It's been considered ill-advised, if not outright sinful, to attempt such a thing. There are admittedly... Good reasons to be cautious. Two that jump right to my mind. Number one, the problem of making comparisons between Christians, you know, measuring ourselves against another, pitting one's personal growth against another's, which is something to be concerned about. And the other thing that comes right to mind is the idea that one person can make a judgment about another's spiritual condition. Now, I assure you that neither are healthy, nor are they part of establishing a biblical growth metric for Christ followers. We would never measure one's personal journey with or commitment to God against another's. Uh, That makes absolutely no sense. In fact, it might just qualify as a form of spiritual abuse. Everyone's relationship with God is as unique as they are. The, The speed, the order, and seasons of one's personal story will seldom match another's. Similarities will undoubtedly service, and certain rules or, or spiritual laws apply to all. Comparing one spiritual maturity with another at any given point in time, though, has great potential for manipulation and spiritual abuse and condemnation and criticism. And such comparisons rise from, rise from any number of different problematic issues, like a judgmental, competitive, proud, or critical spirit. But when you step back and look at the greater picture, no two works of art are the same either. And with that said, no one is going to be able to judge another's progress. Each disciple will examine or score their own advancement. However, if we pulled back whenever we feared a bad thing was going to happen, we'd never move forward. We're not, we're not going to let fear call the shots. We're not going to live small lives for fear of making a mistake. Fear is bondage, and God has called us to uh, freedom and not to, and, and not to fear. We're going to risk, trust, and grow, motivated by the positive desire of moving closer and closer to God. Relationships that are worth dying for are the ones where our heart is more and more committed to another. Over time, as we work together with one another to knit our hearts together into one fabric. You know, God's already doing his part. All we need to do is our part. However, we cannot know if we're growing if we don't have a metric for measuring it. You don't care what you don't measure. You don't care about what you don't measure. You don't measure what you don't value. No one counts the rocks in their vegetable garden. They just get rid of them. What you don't care about and don't measure won't be spurred into growth. You know, there's a well-known axiom in the business world that Peter Drucker is known for. 
he has said that if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. What he means by that is we can't know if we're successful at something unless we define and describe what success success looks like. Once you have that goal set out there in front of you, you can measure your progress towards it by comparing one quarter's growth against a previous one, one year against a previous year. So in conclusion, if we want to grow spiritually and care about growing closer to God, we must measure it. The next question is, what's our measuring stick? How do we calculate the depth of our relationship with God? Spiritual growth refers to refers to a strengthening of our devotion to God and our relationship with Him. Make sure you have that firmly planted in your paradigm for spiritual growth. You know, I've clearly defined this in Season 1, Episode 1, and I've repeated it incessantly ever since. Go back if you haven't started uh, these podcasts from the beginning, because while they are standalone offerings, they build progressively on each other. Spirituality isn't measured by... Morality alone, or religious fervor alone, or by any amount of time we've been a Christ follower, it's measured by multiple factors that both advance and demonstrate our relationship with God. But we need a gauge, for lack of a better metaphor, by which we can track growth. Um, When you want to know if that new couch will fit into your house, you measure the house, and you measure the couch, and you compare the numbers, and you you see if it's going to go. If it doesn't, you take it back to the store or you take the door off. But some way or another, you're going to figure out whether or not it's going to go. We, When we want to buy a new car, we hopefully, hopefully calculate it out by comparing our budget to the monthly payments. Sometimes what we're measuring is progress. So two sets of numbers, the two sets of numbers we need to compare, they aren't static. So this time we will begin with a baseline we, we, and we go forward from there. We determine first what our standard will be, what we'll use as a measurement. Then we take a reading at the beginning where we currently are, set that as a baseline and use that same standard, standard at, um, at progressive intervals to see if there's been a change forward, backwards or, or, never, or nowhere. Measuring is not inherently unspiritual. What we do is create a profile of spiritual maturity of what spiritual maturity is and, and then simply measure against people's previous position on that profile. What we measure is our progress, not specific actions. It doesn't work to, to make a checklist and, and, and tick off various functions. Being honest on my taxes, check. Attending church functions, check. Making positive contributions to my community, check. Earning respect among my peers by performing applauded actions, check. Helping old people across the street, Check. Great. You'll make a wonderful Boy Scout. It may or may not mean that you're a good Christian. Uh, When we attempt to help others conclude if they're growing spiritually, religious-looking habits uh, are taken into consideration, but they're not the sole metric. In fact, there is no single unit or lone kind of spiritual growth. The conclusion is based on an aggregate of many different relationship-building actions and emotions and experiences and outcomes. Some will be unique to our own progress. What may indicate that we've advanced may actually suggest that someone else is falling back. Everyone's spiritual journey has its own footprint, as unique as their own fingerprint. Nothing we do as spiritual coaches to help people track their spiritual journey or our own is meant as a definitive measure or the only or best one that's available, just the one we use. But measure we will, because it will help us know if we've become stuck in a desert season and have begun to stagnate or slip or not. Let's take a short break to give your brain a chance to rest. 
Did you know that this podcast is not the only resource that we have available to help you with your own relationship with God and your spiritual coaching efforts? First, I invite you to visit Spiritual Coaching Dashboard on Patreon.com. Patreon is a solution for creators who struggle to turn their craft into real dollars so they can afford to keep creating. In their words, Patreon powers membership-based businesses for creators. You can visit patreon.com and search for the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. You'll discover additional content that can be accessed through any of five different levels of membership, if you choose to subscribe. Second, tworivers.church backslash life hyphen coaching has dozens of tools and book links to help you in your life with God and your ministry to others. It's a work in progress, but you can find it chock full of practical content to read, watch, and listen to. Thank you for your patronage here on the podcast and for considering enabling us to continue to create and meet the ministry needs of our expanding audience. Wherever you choose to interact with us online, please remember to rate, like, follow, and share so that other leaders and coaches can find this helpful content. If you would like to connect with us, you can either email us at carrie at tworivers.church or text us on Twitter or Facebook Messenger at SC Dashboard. All right, let's finish today's episode of the podcast. All right, as you might expect, any attempt to measure spiritual growth, not against another, but ourselves and the scriptures, should begin with scripture. So let's use something that is familiar to many of you. Mark 12, 29-31, Jesus is talking, and he says the most important commandment is this, The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. So you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. There may at first blush appear to be only two imperatives, but there are more to these verses than is immediately apparent. Let's walk through them together. You have an overarching preamble in verse 29. We could read it uh, this way in, in today's setting. Listen, church, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Since he's the one real God, don't replace him with an idol or ask him to share his seat as your first love and priority with anyone or anything else. So we have that in verse 29. Second, we have one of two direct commands in verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your being, with every faculty of life, including your emotions and intellect and will and heart. Then third, we have the other direct imperative in the beginning of verse 31. Love our neighbor as much as we love and protect and serve ourselves. Our neighbor is simply anyone we have the ability to serve and love and help. Fourth, we have a third directive, but it's snuck into the last command in verse 31. We are to love others as we love ourselves. And do you see it? Do you see how, if we have a low self-esteem, we'll esteem others lightly as well? To appropriately love others is to love, to, to appropriately love ourselves is to love others well. The two go hand in hand and depend on each other. This is why some people who feel bad about themselves are always running others down to make themselves feel not quite so low. Psychology is in the Bible, friends. And number five, we have a sort of restatement of the first one, stressing its importance. In in the end of verse 31, we're, we're commanded to remember that no other spiritual or religious action or habit must be allowed to supersede these. This may be the hardest challenge uh, to let nothing else, no matter how spiritual it seems, take priority over these. Nothing must supplant these. Now, elsewhere, uh, Jesus says that prophesying in his name, casting out demons, performing miracles are are much less important than spiritual 
uh, much less spiritual than simply knowing him relationally and following him in blind obedience. Uh, you could read Matthew seven twenty one through twenty three. There, he doesn't want spiritual or religious observations as um, observances as much as he wants us and a respect that obeys him without question. God doesn't want our sacrifice, you know, what we do for him, if it's what we chose to do for him and not what he asks of us. Spiritual coaches are leading people to know God deeply and follow him fully, because only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow him fully. So, so here's how I'm going to summarize those five points in those three verses. Number one, love no other gods. Number two, love the one God. So love no other gods is verse 29. Love the one God is verse 30. Love the one God made, verse 31a. Love the you God made. Love no other the same, verse 31b. That number, number five there, that love no other the same, is an excellent warning. It, and it drives us back to the first. Do you, do you see this self-perpetuating, self-protecting cycle there? Uh, number five brings us right back to the love no other the same, brings us right back to love no other gods back in verse 29. Uh, God is saying, get your focus right. I am the only God and the only one for you. Uh, those, those two bookend the other, holding them up straight and true. It's all about God, reinforced again by loving yourselves, um, but by putting it last in that order of three. I'm not sure God could be any clearer than this when telling us that we're not the center of the universe, that personal rights and freedom aren't the prime directive, and that we need to put God and others ahead of ourselves in the normal course of things. Now, this isn't teaching a masochistic self-hatred any more than it is saying that we should completely ignore our self-care. It teaches just the opposite with correct priorities. Love yourself but put God in others first. To me, this means that self-help is important. Self, self-health is important in that we cannot love God and others well if we have self-esteem issues. When we're healthy internally, then we can put ourselves last without it damaging our personal psyche. If you're looking for an example to study, so you know, you know what this sort of life it looks like, well, Jesus is an example. His life perfectly modeled the the Mark 12 directives. This also brings us to a final thought for this episode. Our growth metric, based on Jesus' example there in Mark 12, in that challenge, calls us to do more than accept Jesus as our Savior. We must take Him as our Lord or Master as well. As a spiritual coach, I encourage you to talk about how you call people to think about how you call people into a relationship with God. You know, we could make a case for putting an end to asking folks to accept Jesus as their Savior. Few in our culture understand the idea of making Him Lord of their lives. We're called to make disciples. If, If people believe the gospel, their response should be far more than accepting. They need to follow. We must call them to follow Him. Jesus challenged folks to follow Him so frequently Uh, that before long, those that knew him must have been completing his sentences for him. However we label it, a following that requires more than words has to be taught and expected. Simply believing and or saying one is a Christian isn't enough. A refusal to judge professing Christians' lives, you know, their actions and words, not their motivations, is not biblical. While it needs to be done carefully and must avoid legalism, if one who professed to be a Christian um, persist to act immorally, to live like a non-follower, they must be challenged to examine their heart. The biblical intention is that we follow. 
for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, don't waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how to work the truth into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been yourself. We pray that God uses the spiritual coaching dashboard to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you are in the upstate New York area, specifically Binghamton, or are visiting or just passing through, look Pastor Carrie and myself up. We'd love to have a cup of coffee with you and chat about our dynamic relationship with God or about how to do spiritual coaching in your context. Again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on the podcast of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard.